Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside absolutely nobody this week. Couldn't get anyone to do this on a beautiful 4th of July weekend. So, it's just me. I hope everyone's having uh, a great 4th of July uh, if you're celebrating. Uh, And why not? So, because no one's here this week and the Stanley Cup Finals has like honestly been pretty boring because Tampa Bay has been absolutely dominating the Habs. Um, So I figured, why even bother talking about that? And I thought, why not uh, answer some questions from you guys? So uh, throughout the offseason, throughout the season, uh, sometimes some of you guys send us in some questions, um, and we haven't gotten around to answering some of them. So I thought, why not use this opportunity, this episode, uh, to answer some of those questions, talk about the Panthers. So should be a short episode, should be fun. And we will see how it goes. So, our first question here uh, comes to us from Mike, who asked, if you could make any changes, like if you were Gary Bettman for a day and you could make any changes to the rule book in the NHL, what changes would you make? And it's an interesting question. Um, and I'm sure uh, if you polled a bunch of people, they would probably have similar answers, or at least uh, some of them would be similar. Uh, the most obvious one to me right out of the gate uh, is the puck over glass penalty, uh, which I just honestly think is dumb um, because, you know, it's it's incidental and uh, what are you going to do? And especially in the playoffs when that's, you know, you're in overtime and that is like the only penalty you could ever get called for. Uh, so I think that one should maybe just be like an icing, you know, face off goes down uh, into the D zone and... Uh, the defensive team can't change. So that, that that's the first one uh, that comes to mind. Um, the other one, uh, I know uh, a lot of talk around the shootout or overtime, and the one thing that's always bothered me, and I've brought it up a couple times on this show, is the NHL point system just makes absolutely no sense with uh, getting the, the loser point in overtime, making some games worth three points, some games worth two. Um to me, I think I think they should go to a three-two-one system, where if game finishes in regulation, a team wins three points, then I think I'd go to three-on-three OT, but do it for like ten minutes. Um, team scores there, they get two points. Other team gets uh, no points, and then uh, if you go and you finish overtime, nobody scored, uh, then one point each for a tie and see how that goes just because I think if you I'm not sure what this season but I know last season um, it changes the standings uh, by a decent amount in some instances like there are occasions where teams don't make the playoffs because they just don't win shootouts 
And to me, that just isn't a, an accurate reflection of how good some teams are. So that would be another rule I'd change. Um, other stuff I would love to see, and this has absolutely nothing to do with the game on the ice, like literally nothing, but I would love to see the NHL do more with their jerseys. Like they did the reverse retros this year, which were, which were cool. A lot of them really good. Panthers one, unreal. Uh, Noah and I have ordered a couple of those, but I would love to see them do something in the future where it was like, uh, in the, in the MLB where they do like a player nickname, uh, type of like game or weekend and players can have their nicknames on jerseys so we could have who be uh, you know and bob and some nicknames on the back of jersey would be fun patrick kane showtime um you know there there's some good good ones subinator pk suban so i think just something like fun like i think one of the things that like i just absolutely like hate is just how there just seems to be a lack of fun in the nhl from the league and they don't see, I mean, they hired that TikTok guy uh, to connect with fans. A lot of people didn't like that. I have no clue who this guy is. Um, but I think they need to do a better job making the game fun. I think that's just something kind of different, kind of interesting. Um, so I would love to see that, even if it's just for like a weekend. I think that would be a ton of fun. Um, so those are, those are the changes I think I would make um, if I could. Those are, those are the, the ones that just came to mind off the top of my head. Um, our next question here comes to us from Sean, who asked, "Realist, what player would you like to see the Panthers acquire in the offseason? Um, which is interesting. There's a lot of options out there. Panthers are in an interesting spot when you look at their, their cap. Um, and there's some different directions you could go with it. Um, I really like this question. Uh, obviously, like, take, like, in a vacuum, it would be Dougie Hamilton without a doubt a player who's a UFA, um, I would pay him whatever it takes for him to come to Florida. Um, but with the team's cap situation, um, I don't know if it's the if it would be possible. I doubt it. So I'm not going to go with Dougie Hamilton for this answer. Um, I was thinking about it. I was looking around uh, at some of the free agents coming up this year. Um, and there, there's some good high-end guys. Uh, like There's Gabriel Landeskog. I imagine Colorado tries to keep him. David Krejci has been one of the more underrated centers for most of his career. Um, ton of names out there, like Alec Martinez had a heck of a year, but he's 33. Um, so I'm actually I'm going to go with a trade on this one. And a guy I'd love to see, and I've brought this up repeatedly, but a guy I would love to see the Panthers go out and acquire would be Vince Dunn from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they're a team that I'm not even sure what direction they're going in, to be honest, like, um, they've made some weird moves ever since winning the cup. Petrangelo gone. They bring in Krug. They sign Justin Falk to that big deal. Doesn't work out in the first year. Last year he was pretty good. Um, so to me, Vince Dunn, he's a guy who's been rumored to be a trade candidate for a couple of seasons now. And I just love his game. And I think he is just the absolute perfect fit for the Panthers. Left shot D-man. Good skater. Two-way defenseman. Um, he's a guy who's not going to play on your power play. Uh, and Panthers wouldn't need him to. And to me, he is just the perfect defenseman to add this group because I think focusing uh, on the defensive part of the game is just... it's got, If if the Panthers are able to retain their RFAs and potentially uh, Alex Wenberg, who's a UFA, 
and you got some some young forwards coming in uh, with Denisenko and Tippett who played last year and then potentially Lundell next year. Uh, I think you're feeling pretty good about that forward group. Maybe some tinkering here or there, a couple low-cost acquisitions. But to me, the defense needs to be better. Um, I don't expect... Uh, I expect one of Keith Yandel or Anton Stroman to not be on the Panthers next year. Uh, and, to, and to substitute Vince Dunn in for one of those guys, I think would just be a huge upgrade for this team. Um, and I think would maybe be one of the pieces that could just push them over the edge so that they could beat you know, a Tampa Bay, a team that's $20 million over the salary cap. I think that is the type of way I'd go. Because if you go out and you bring, like there's some big names out there right now. I'm just thinking about, like, there's Tarasenko's been rumored. Johnny Gaudreau's been rumored. Um, Seth Jones obviously been rumored. And to me, you bring in guys like that, guys with high price tags. They're they're big players in the league. And it's fine in the short term. But that short term is really, really short when it comes to the Panthers because after next season, then you have to sign a guy like Anton or Alexander Barkov um, who deserves a massive raise on what he's currently making. And you're going to create some problems where you're going to have to sacrifice some pieces from your current team in order to, to keep, you know, your, your core around. And so I think adding a guy like Vince Dunn allows you to still have some flexibility into the future. And so I think that would be a direction I would go with the Panthers. So that's the guy I would look to bring in. Curious to know what you guys think, though. Um, so I'd love to hear uh, who you guys want to see the Panthers bring in. I've seen a lot of suggestions out there, a lot of really good ones. Um, talking about some of the UFAs like Phil Deneau, Thomas Tatar, two guys that I really, really like. Um, but again, it's kind of a similar thing where if, if Phil Deneau wants $5 million or Thomas Tatar wants you know, a good amount of money, is that going to create complications down the line? Or do you even care about that and do you just say, whatever, we're just going to go all in one season, let's try to, to, to do the thing, let's try and win the cup? Two kind of different approaches to it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my guy, Vince Dunn, on this one. Uh, our next question here comes to us from Alyssa, who asked, what are some reasonable expectations for the Panthers next season? Um, and I think based on what we saw this season, the expectation would be that the team uh, hopefully takes another step forward and can get out of the first round of the playoffs. Um how they do that, though, it'll be interesting because they're they're in a weird spot where unless they move out some contracts, um, it's going to be hard to to improve upon last year, I think. I think you're going to have to rely a lot on internal improvements from guys. You're going to rely on, you know, potentially Anton Lindell playing, on Denisenko taking another step, on Owen Tippett taking another step after a pretty good season last year. Um I don't know if that moves the needle em- enough to be, you know, uh, a really top, top team. And the reality is, is that, yes, the Panthers first round exit, but they they are a very, like, they were a very good team this year. I mean, you guys all know that. You guys watched them, right? Like, it could very easily have been them in the finals this year. It It's the competition throughout the league. It's so tight between a lot of the teams. Um, and it's just the smallest margins. And a lot of times it's luck or it's goaltending, whatever it is. Um, so I think if they can keep a lot of the things the same uh, from last year and maybe just try to improve around the edges, uh, I see no reason why this team can't finish you know, in one of the divisional spots uh, in the Atlantic Division next year 
when that goes back. I mean, obviously, Carolina's going to be good, but if they lose Dougie Hamilton, that might be a step back for them. Tampa Bay is going to have another year of trying to do cap gymnastics, which I'm sure they'll find a way to do. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs, very, very good team, but they absolutely choke in the playoffs. So do we even are we even concerned about them? Probably not. So it'll be interesting, but I expect that this team is once again going to be very, very good next season. Of course, we'll have to wait and see what they do over the offseason, how the expansion draft shape, shapes up. But uh, I'm, I'm stoked for next season, I, and I hope all you guys are too, and I'm sure you are. Um, okay, our last question here. Uh, if you, It comes to us from Connor, who's asked, if you could undo any Panthers trade or signing... Uh, from their kind of recent history, what would it be? Uh, and I love this question because I, I actually did a ton of research for this one. And there are a lot, a lot of a lot of options to choose from. Some just absolutely tragic decisions uh, that the Panthers have made recently. Um, but it, it, it's it's really tricky. Like, um, like I saw one of them, it was like some people had mentioned... Uh, you know, in terms of talking about signings and trades and even drafting, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say, you know, taking Lawson Krause, uh, big mistake, big mistake, right? And obviously Lawson Krause, not, not perhaps the best player to take at that spot. And, you know, everyone likes to point out, well, Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, you know, Brock Besser, some, some guys that would be absolutely, you know, some very, very good hockey players. The Panthers could have got with that 11th overall pick. Um, and it's easy to be critical with the hindsight. I mean, even at the time, like I was, I've never been a big fan of Lawson Krause in his game. And I thought that was way too early to pick him. Um, but it, it's hard to really talk about what you would do differently with that hindsight. Because, uh, of course, now, like we know that these guys are, you know, we know which players are good and we know which players have flopped. Um, so it's easy to make a case now and say, oh, that was a mistake. You should take this guy. But the reality is a lot of teams make those kind of mistakes every single year, right? That is just the reality of the draft. It's, it's a lottery ticket. You're going to get some right. You're going to get some wrong. Um, obviously that one did not work out. Uh, but to me, that just seems like, you know, it's going to happen. So that's not it. Uh, similarly, you know, some people have said, well, the Panthers, they, they traded away. Uh, Zach Hyman, um, but the reality is, is Zach Hyman never wanted to sign in Florida, so that that's kind of irrelevant um, because even if they didn't trade him away to Toronto, he wasn't going to be here in Florida, um, which is unfortunate because he's a great hockey player. But that's another one where it's hard to to kind of say I would I would want to redo that one. Um, the most obvious one, and I think it's got to be in here, has got to be. Uh, the expansion draft last time, losing Marcia Show and uh, Riley Smith, which bizarre at the time, even more bizarre now when you see how how great these guys are playing. Um, but at the same time, that is allowed. You know, it's tough because th- those moves gave the like that move getting rid of Marcia Show and Riley Smith gave the Panthers some flexibility to improve, and I don't think that's necessarily. A wrong decision had that cap space been used better and had they had better players to protect over those two guys also would have been better um so that, that that's one that for me yeah that's that's an obvious uh thing i would love for the panthers uh 
to redo. And then, obviously, number one, it's got to be the Sergei Bobrovsky signing, um, which at the time, a lot of money. Um, but he was a two, you know, he's a two-time Vezina winner of uh, his time in Columbus. And obviously, and then the Panthers, and they go and they, you know, they, they signed Bobrovsky right after drafting Spencer Knight, which is just bizarre. And we've all seen how good Spencer Knight is and how good he's going to be in this league for a long time. Sergei Bobrovsky has not looked great as a Panther, and that contract is a huge burden on the team. So to me, that like that is the worst one from recent history, just because it is the only one that is very clearly still hurting the team now. Like, obviously... Marcishon Smith hurt the team, but it allowed them to make some other moves and bring in some other guys like Verhage and some flexibility um, for Bill Zito now to shape the team the way he wants to. So as much as that stings and see those guys thrive, uh, it's I don't think it's anywhere close to the Bobrovsky one or even some of the other free agent signings from the the Dale Talon era like like Strawman, where those contracts are are limiting the team and their ability to to get better like the 10 million dollars Bobrovsky takes up would create so much opportunity for the team to get better this offseason um and they just they can't do it with him on the books so to me that has got to be the worst one from recent history and I think it's a really good lesson too in you talk about goalies and goalies goaltending's kind of luck based and I think it's I think people sometimes undervalue the posi- like the team component of it. Like there are goalies in the league that are very, very good goalies that put up great numbers, but they play behind really, really good defensive teams that don't allow a lot of high danger chances. Like when Bobrovsky won his two Vesnas, it was in Columbus with a very hard working team and a very, very good system on John Tortorella where you know he was putting up good numbers but there weren't a ton of high danger opportunities that he's facing on a nightly basis. And then he comes to Florida, and last season, the defense was just an absolute nightmare all the time, and he got absolutely lit up. This season, defense was a little better, and therefore, Bobrovsky rebounded a bit too, which was nice. Um, Still definitely nowhere even close to being $10 million worth of value. But, you know, at this point, what are you going to do? So, I think, you know, that, that that's a... Really, really clear example of that. So, um, I, but, and I hope it's something the Panthers, you know, even into the future when Bobrovsky, you know, in 50 years when Bobrovsky's finally off the books and you need a goalie and you're looking, you know, like for example, right now, you know, the, the Arizona's goalies have put up really, really good numbers, but they're playing in a very, very defensive system. Um, you look at the Islanders and their goalies, it doesn't matter who the Islanders play in net, they're going to put up good numbers because. It's Barry Trotz and the Islanders, and it's Mitch Korn, their goalie coach. So, um, you know, that contract still hurts the team right now, but uh, it's a good lesson to learn, at least. You know, if you're looking for at least some silver lining from it, which is a little tricky, that's got to be the only one. Um, at least the only one that I can see. But I would love to hear from you guys, hear what your worst Panthers move in recent history is. Um, plenty to choose from. A lot of ones from the Dale Talon era, almost none from the Bill Zito era, depending on how you feel about Brandon Montour. Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys what you guys think. Those are all the questions, though, that we got here uh, for. So fantastic. Uh, thanks again to everyone who sent in questions. 
Uh, I appreciate it because otherwise, literally, have nothing to talk about for this week's episode of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that does it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, tuning into this one. I know it's it's never any fun listening when it's just me on here. I tried to get other people, but believe it or not, everyone else was quite busy on the Fourth of July. Uh, so who would have thought? But luckily, I had absolutely no plans, so I was able to record it. But uh, next week, we'll get some people back on. Perhaps Jacob Barker, fan favorite. Maybe Noah Russo. Who knows? Um, but thanks again to everyone tuning in listening. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Hope everyone enjoyed their 4th of July. And we will see you all then. Back up.